good morning or afternoon, depending on what time you are listening to this podcast, and welcome to yet another episode of Do Geese Have Udders, the show where we ask the unanswered and answer the unasked, looking at news and online stuff too. I'm Michael Gooch, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Matthew Thompson. You right, Matt? Oh, the passion. I felt it. Good. Then let's start the show. Michael. Oh, Matt, God, what do you want? Shut up. <laughs> nah, I'm joking, I'm joking. Uh, so, little birdie told me, uh, the bluebird, the tweet tweet, uh, I'm going to make this chair stop squeaking, told me that you went to Edinburgh. It and did. And I saw your Instagram. Yeah, the, the little birdie did tell you, and it was also probably me as well, because uh, at some point in, a, I think it was episode 80-something or yeah. other. Have you told him about the podcast? Uh, I did casually mention it. I said that I do do a podcast. So I can't remember what episode this was now. I think it was episode 32. Uh, not 32, 82. Um, I said that I was going to Edinburgh because I was invited um, to be a part of the network scheme at the Edinburgh TV um, festival. Yeah, And it's humble. one of the most amazing things to happen to me, bearing in mind the amount of trips you get to go on and you talk about, I've finally been somewhere. You've done it. Tell I've me about it. I've been somewhere. Um, Tell me about it. And I mean, yeah, so I'll, I mean, the, the television festival happened a couple of weeks ago um, from when this episode's gone out. And it was, I think, a week long or just under a week long. And it was essentially where loads of TV people, mainly behind the scenes people, would come and just sort of network and they would do talks and attend these seminars and things. Yeah. And it's a really expensive thing, it turns out, to go to. If you're, you know, wanting to attend there yourself, it's cost like a thousand pounds, I think, for a ticket. Yeah. And so the fact that I get to go there for free and mingle with people is amazing. And I wasn't the only one. There were 59 other people on this scheme as well. And we'll start from the top for it because this is my first time in Scotland, first time in Edinburgh. And I've told you already about how booking my flight went. Yeah. Um, and so I'm now at the airport, nice and early. I've got um, got all my stuff. I've got a small holdalish type of bag because I didn't want to pay that massive amount to take other bags. So I've literally just got whatever will fit under my seat. Yeah. Um, and I packed that bag so well. I was so well impressed with how much I managed to get in the bag and how pack it the right size. Uh, I was there from a Tuesday to Friday. So however many days that is. And... I was so annoyed that no one had bothered stopping me and saying, Oi, would you mind checking your bag, you know, fits and all that? Yeah. No, no one bothered checking me. I've done all that work and no one stopped me. Oh, anyway. well, I think you should be happy that no one stopped you. <laughs> you got, have to open it. I think I would have been so angry if someone had said, Oh, no, like your shoes don't fit or whatever, you've got to pay an extra 60 quid for that. I would have been outraged. But I got on the plane, lovely window seat, it's wonderful. Put my earphones in, 10 minutes into the journey, just ready to listen to some uh, DGHU. Um, and one of my earphones fell out. And fell under the chair, oh, no. and I couldn't reach it for the rest of the flight. <laughs> and so Did you not I just get it? it? I couldn't reach it. The, the, the chairs were so close together, I could not reach under me to get it. I then took a picture under my seat, and I could not see it in the picture. Was I there thought not someone behind you. No, well there, well there was, but I mean, no, no one I could really ask to look for it because I can't see it anyway with my phone. Oh. I can't see oh, it. I see. It's probably in front and of you. so there's my mind wandering now for the whole entire flight. Oh God, has it slipped down a tiny hole? 
and is it going to make its way to the engine? Is the engine going to explode? Am I going to kill all these people on this plane? Well, that's a bit overthinking. That, that, that's how I would. But I knew it must have been around here somewhere because my other earphone hadn't disconnected from it. And <laughs> it's so, still in the plane. Okay? It's still in the plane is what I got from the whole journey. Then when I got to Edinburgh, I had to wait for everyone else to get off or out of my row. Then I had to lay on the floor and I reached under my chair and it took a while. I couldn't see it. And then I saw it. I saw it. Then, I, then I pulled it out, opened up my little... Um, earphone case to put it in yeah. put it in look down at it realize i've picked up a black currant jelly baby and oh, i was like no. oh no oh no and that's not my head ch- chuck it chuck it back on the floor and then, i've not got time to put it in a bin it's not my jelly baby i'm back on the floor and in the end, I'm like, oh no I'm, then i'm, I'm like I'm, there it is and then i oh, reach it grab it finally get up i look so happy and then i've just got sort of like the air hostess is looking at me like why is he still on the plane why what's he doing it? fiddling under the chair trying to hide in this plane and i had to say like just trying to get my earphone um and yes, yeah, so that was my arrival in a stressful Man, arrival. The, the earphone stories are insane. Like, when I lost mine. <laughs> insane. Yeah, you say you lose them all the time. Yeah, got it from the train track. And so then I got to, yeah, with a tape measure. And yeah. oh yeah, so I got to Edinburgh straight away on a bus. Their buses up there are absolutely amazing. What colour? They are blue. Well, this one was a blue uh. bus. But they are so spacious inside. They've got all these, like, they've got Wi-Fi. They tell you exactly where you are. They tell you what's around there like on the screens. Mate. The seats are so wide and you've got, like, yeah. big headrests. If your buses oh. ain't red, your town is dead. <laughs> That's how it goes here in London, isn't it? Yeah. Could you use an Oyster card up there? No. Dead. It was, a lovely, it was dead. a lovely bus. And so I got on that, went past Edinburgh Zoo and things. And then I got to the main central bit of Edinburgh, which, you know, is around yeah. Edinburgh Castle. And so got about three hours to kill up to this point. Um, and so I go and have a look around at Edinburgh Castle. It was very nice. And I brought my schedule with me so oh, I can gosh. remember the, the order that I did things upon arrival. Because it, t- it was a TV-based thing. Yeah. And so I'm not going to say about all the people I met, because I don't want to share everybody's names out on here but there are some well, people I'm. you don't want to say all 59 names well no not them as in the, the actual uh, actual tv professional people at the moment oh their names are out there so i mean i've got my name my name badge i've got given here as well look it's me it's there it's, sure? it's, it's my name on a badge back in the bag that goes so <clears throat> yeah once in edinburgh so it starts off with the registration opening we all just sort of you know get to know each other a little bit yes yeah, sit in this little room um and there are so many people you don't get to meet everybody. Like I can't remember two thirds of the people's names that were there, just because of it. That's twice the amount of people I had in uni, and like a, a, less than a week to sort of meet everyone. Mm-hmm. So that was my one downside. I think about it that there were just so many people in my group alone. Then after that, we get a secret speaker whose name I've written in a notebook. When you said that, I pictured like a portable speaker. I don't know why. Because you carry a portable yeah, speaker yeah, around yeah. with you everywhere. Oh, I do. I've got my notebook of notes here, and I wrote down how I named. So we had a couple of secret speakers, and we weren't allowed to know who they were prior to it. Okay. Because some of them weren't going to be speaking at the main festival itself. Cool. And so the first person, our secret speaker, their name is Jay Hunt. And they... you can go- I mean, you can Google these people. Basically, it's someone where, I bet even at the moment... In the nicest way possible, you're like, I've got no idea who that is. No. But they it's have done Jay so Hunt. Many, they, they are currently the head of commissioning for Apple TV Plus. Okay. Never Europe. heard of it. That's a huge, huge role. And in the past work they've done, I think they were head of commissioning, I think, for Channel 4, BBC One, Channel 5. They have done so much. It was amazing to hear from yep, them. Yep, yep, yep. Then after that, we uh, this is a this is upon arrival day. Oh, sorry. Way. Um 
yeah, then we get to meet our alumni or some other people who have been on the scheme in the past, and they were just sort of sharing their experiences, what they're up to now, what they yeah. took away from it. Um, some lovely people there. Then we get to have a break and go and see our accommodation where we'll be staying. It's student accommodation. I went to uni in London, so I didn't stay in student accommodation. I just lived at home. So this is my first time in student accommodation. Yeah, different. Definitely oh, yeah, yeah, different. You, you, yeah, you didn't, did you? Yeah, so it's definitely a different experience for me. Um, nice experience, though. Yeah. It was, well, it was, yeah, home that's, room, that's, shared? Uh, it, well, it's like... Those, it, it's like... Bunk beds? It, it's, it's a flat... But sort of, you've all got a shared. Is it like Will's one? I'd never went to Will's one, but oh. it's like you've got a shared sort of like eating area, yeah, and yeah. living area. But then you've got your own. And like it's sort of floored. Room. It's yeah. Flo- yeah, it's yeah. like so Will's it's literally one, yeah. like that. So shooting accommodation. Then yeah. we had a talk from Fremantle. Um, I'm sure some of you out there have seen Fremantle on the credits for loads of programs. They're a huge company. And after that, we have a quiz night where we get to meet our um, mentors. So we're all going to get a mentor for the year. Um, who sort of like who are, who are now aware Which of the types of stuff? How long we were you do. there? Well, we're we're we were only there at the festival for under a week because that's only how long it's on for. But then we, as part of this scheme, we get a mentor to stay in contact with for the next year. Oh, I get it. That's cool. And so mine's name was Rebecca, and she yeah. has done some incredible work. She's done great work. She's done some script editing on some of the um, latest series of Doctor Who. I'm like, that's good. What, that's the, wonderful. The bad writing one. No, that was at the beginning of that series. We don't talk about this. She's done the good work. And I like Jodie Whittaker. And yeah, I'm very looking forward to doing some work with her or her helping me get into the industry a little bit. Next morning, bong, rooster alarm clock. Bong. You know, we now go and do some of our workshops. And our workshops, we were all in different groups for that, depending on what stuff we wanted to work on. Some people yeah. want to do a live show. Um, but I didn't want to really do that because I kind of did that at university. And some of these people are doing things that they've they they've never done really anything in the media before, but they want to move into this industry. So I know someone who was um, they either were a lawyer or they were doing something in law where they're actually earning quite a lot, and they want to stop that and move into the media industry. So that's a so weird that's why jump. I, well, that's why I thought it's interesting. I mean, I'd do the other way around. Definitely, if someone so, asked me to be a lawyer, yes. I bet it's more. I have so much money for being a lawyer. What can I do? Uh, uh, just be famous. <laughs> well, yeah. that's not how this necessarily works. So, so it's not necessarily about again getting on screen, getting your name well known. Or, well, you get it's more about getting your name well known sure. than your face well known. I guess is one way to put it. But I decided to go and do the pitching and development workshops because I I can talk to a crowd True. quite easily. I enjoy working on these ideas. Um, and so ours had to be a dating or reality show. Um, which are two genres I don't watch a lot of. Um, <laughs> however, I, they, we ended up choosing my idea to work on, so I was very impressed with that. And then we had to go and the following day we'd be pitching them to a BBC Three commissioner who would give feedback on our pitching skills and our ideas. Later on that night, on the Wednesday, we went to our first networking event and drinks event. And again, this comes down to I've drunk so much alcohol this week, this month compared to like yeah, you any said, time. Did you did you get and drink then? Yeah, so I had a wine. I don't really drink wine, but I had a wine, and we went to the National Museum of Scotland, and yeah, it was just wonderful. So many people in there. The thing about the TV industry and all these people that are here, they all want to be there. 
They've all paid to be yeah, there. Yeah, They're yeah. so friendly. Every said. single person there was so, so nice and so friendly. There was only one miserable person I think I met in my entire time in Scotland, and that was a cyclist who said that we got in his way when we were walking on the path. But then he was genuinely followed by another cyclist who went, we're not all like that, and carried on. Um, and yeah, so my advice for people networking based on what we were told about networking, because it's a scary thing networking going to sort of introduce is. yourself to people it is the advice is to literally go up to them just break the ice by just saying hi i'm just doing some networking or yeah. hi i'm a part of the network whatever and that worked What's so that, well bro? i met lovely people got some lovely contacts any numbers what, what, what e- email addresses any girls well that's not how i'm this asking works. the questions that's the not, audience no, wants to know no it's not no <sighs> I'm like sorry, everyone. Matt, it's networking, not speed dating. Please check out our Twitter for all of Michael's love dates, updates. What you love dates. Is that really what you just called them? Love updates. It'll be quiet for a while then, won't it? Anyway, no. so after that, oh yeah, but I was just interested in the museum itself. The museum was wonderful. They had they had a whale skull in there. It was awesome. Um, obviously, trying to network with people <laughs> at the same big. time, I'm just like, oh, there's a I, skull. I really got distracted by the, um, the whale skull. And so then comes the next secret speaker we have on the following day which is oh i don't know how to phrase this so again we weren't told who it was gonna be yeah but we're all it's just us network lots or us 60 in a room and then the door opens and this man walks down the middle whole room goes silent Stephen moffat has entered the room i don't know if you know who Stephen moffat I is do not. is he a moth but everybody has seen his work he he has written so much of Doctor Who. He wrote Sherlock, the okay. BBC one. Okay. He has done so, basically. He is a huge name in TV writing. One of the okay. biggest names in TV He's writing. Like the Stanley comic books. He is literally that for like okay. TV. And we were like, oh my god, Stephen Moffat is in the same room as us, and he's talking to us. There was genuinely a girl, I think, a couple of rows in front of me, and like she was shaking. Because he, he, we idolise him. There's people like him. This sounds like really nerdy and really passionate, but like it is, yeah, you. I feel the passion but, and I sense the nerd. But this is the thing of what a lot of us say. It's like it's the, a lot of the work of writers like Stephen Moffat, who wrote stuff like Doctor Who and Sherlock, and whenever a picture of like Hacker the Dog like appears, and we're like, it's Hacker the Dog. That's the TV that wanted to get us into the industry. That's yeah. what made us want to go. We want to work in that. And so having him sat in front of us talking to us was incredible and i think in my notebook i think i only wrote down his name and like one quote because i just i was so engrossed into what he was saying just recorded it oh where is it have i where is it oh, i've lost my tic-tac sorry go on tell me there we go. The yeah, passion. I, I, I wrote down one thing but i'm oh yeah i wrote down one thing but there's two things i remember from him there's one which i'm gonna paraphrase because the other one is definitely not podcast friendly but uh, he he was a lovely guy he says, essentially, you know, if you want to make it in the world and in TV, his perspective is just be a nice person. Like, it's not that difficult. If you're a horrible person, people will not want to work with you again. Like Ellen. And I'm like, in a way. And it, that's why I'm like, that's what I want to hear. I'm a nice guy. And then the sure. other thing I wrote down, which is for all you people out there who think that you're you know, struggling with stuff or you are writing something and you just can't get through anything anymore and like writer's block is holding you back um according to Stephen Moffat if you have a setback it means you've done something right because yeah. you're going the right way and that was my advice from that I got from Stephen Moffat did uh did you just admit you were a nice guy I'm a nice guy <laughs> do you not think I'm a nice guy not from the definition I know oh I've always lived like if you think you're a nice person you're not oh I'm a horrible person then Matt because yeah. the you can always be nicer <laughs> 
And also, a nice guy is something completely different to what you're what you're thinking. And so then back to the trip. <laughs> Sorry, Before moving on. Makes me feel bad. Go on, nice uh, guy. No, so then we went to something called the MacTaggart Lecture, which was this was in the main, um, Edinburgh, oh, what was it called? It's the Edinburgh International Conference Centre. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where like everybody is now. This is where everybody is dying to All get 59 into. Fifty nine of them. No, we're not even no to like everyone at this festival now. This is like loads of people are trying festival. to are trying yeah. to get into this room, but we've got booked seats already because we're part yeah. of the network scheme, um, and we get to go and see Emily Maitlis doing a talk. Now, some of you might have seen this trending on Twitter or online, um, and essentially, she's if you don't know who she is, she's a journalist. She used to work for the BBC, but doesn't anymore. And she said so much. I don't, I'm not going to repeat it all, but she said so much in the way of how the world's changing and the news is changing. Um, but the one thing I guess I remember her saying is how in the news it's it's hard to be unbiased. True. You need to be unbiased, but it's hard. And it gets harder when the news is so just unbelievable. And so one example, this is definitely paraphrasing exactly how she has said, how she said it. I mean, she's a news, news reader. She said it fantastically. But she was talking about the Trump era of when he was talking about, hey, shove bleach in your body. That'll solve... The COVID. Oh, yeah. Um, Stupid. And I think she said she was talking to a representative or a spokesperson from Trump. And she's saying, you know, how can you say this? You know, don't do not do this or whatever. You know, it's going to kill somebody or whatever. Correct. But then she's got somebody in her ear who's, just because it's their job, is saying, remember to be unbiased about this. And she's like, how can you be unbiased? Yeah, it's stupid. About it's something stupid. like that. Um but I mean, you can. I think the whole entire thing is on YouTube now. So, I mean, go and watch that if you want to ever listen to it. It was fantastic to listen to. Oh, um, and I've got my days mixed up because after that is when we went to the Museum of Scotland. But I've already said about that already. Then we go on yep. to Thursday. Thursday. Thursday is our last full day there. We do our last bit of the workshops uh, before we go and pitch them now to a BBC Three commissioner. Uh, I made a whole entire room of people laugh on many occasions. I'm counting this as my fringe audition. Um, and <laughs> for the end of a fringe and uh, yeah I had a great time doing it there's a video out there of me doing it although I think ooh, you, you have to nice. pay I think you have to pay for it because um, it's, it's on the Edinburgh TV uh, festival's page and obviously there's loads of talks on there um, what are you doing by it? important people well not just of me just of everybody else is Everyone like talking all, all the, well, all the stuff there they doing it all there. together or Matt shut up <laughs> and so that's why I don't want to, I originally would have liked to have played some of my audio here but I, I'm not going to do that because I don't want to risk getting in trouble for it Valid. but it essentially made people laugh it was good fun and after that some people then um, from another workshop who were writing scripts for Hollyoaks or a Hollyoaks episode they had a live reading they had some of the cast there Yeah. that was followed by a review show of the Edinburgh TV Festival which another workshop did they did that live show and some of them were filming like little VTs and things and that was great to watch and then after that we had the Meta After Party which was now we went to a different place uh, we went to the George Hotel in Edinburgh nice. and it was a another networking event that was being hosted or sponsored by Meta, the Facebook company. And uh, that was fantastic. I mean, the second I walked in, there's this big uh, foam um, of the letters Meta, which it took like two minutes for someone to turn that to say meet. So that was going on. Then they had the Metaverse in one corner, which I didn't queue up for mainly because the queue was too long for that and I wanted to go and network with people before they became too drunk and couldn't give me their emails and again met some very lovely people there it was a fantastic experience and again I don't drink that much and yet there I was drinking 
nursing on a white wine for the whole time. You're changing, bro. (laughs) So came then our following day. um, That was just another time when we really got to network with... No, another thing. Quick, rewind. Also went to the Edinburgh TV Awards show, um, which was hosted by Sophie Duker, who won the last series of Taskmaster. And that was a lovely thing to listen to. She was doing some stand-up pretty much before she announced the awards. Nice. Um, and then back onto back onto the last day Friday, um, yeah, we got our last chance to sort of network with people, met some lovely people. I think the last person I got a chance to talk to, I won't say who they are, um, who they are, but I've got their email, and I'm really hoping something comes out of it. Fingers crossed. Um, I bet it will. And then after that, we had some spare time to do one last thing, I guess that um, we wanted to attend because all of this was planned out for the network scheme. There were loads of other talks going on and some of them we obviously had to miss because we've got all of this arranged for us. So I know there was a His Dark Materials uh, talk and panel at one stage. I saw or got a glimpse of the um, Uric Bernison puppet head or that they used for reference on set. Um, someone going around with that and it was a huge thing. It was great to see. Um, and there's also a BBC's Ghosts talk as well which i know some people wanted to see but they didn't get time to catch that and so this was the last time where we got told you know go and do what you want now so we're looking through the book but like what other lecture is going on right now or other seminar and then i in the end went to go and see rose ailing ellis's talk and if you don't know who she is you'll definitely remember when i describe her she was the deaf actress who also won Strictly that year Ah, uh, for the famous scene of where there was just no music in the middle of it wonderful listening to her talk i think her talk is also online as well on the edinburgh tv festival's youtube channel very inspiring about disabilities and how it's represented on tv loved it so much i overall loved my experience in edinburgh i then had to wait for about six hours for my plane and so what to do during those six hours whilst i was in edinburgh i've got to either go to the zoo perhaps but the zoo closes at- no it closes at 6 p.m um and so I couldn't go there. Then oh, I thought, I so. well, too, I'll go back to the uh, National Museum of Scotland, have a bigger look round there. No, I clo- close at 6pm uh, uh. as well. And then I thought, the fringe is on. Someone I like must be performing at the fringe. And sure enough, I got to go and see Glenn Moore. And Glenn Moore is a comedian. He's, I guess some people will mostly well know him from either Absolute Radio or Mock the Week. He's done some appearances on. Yeah. I think he's a really great comic. I love his one-liner so much. He was so quick. I'm so glad I saw him. I'll be definitely mm. seeing him again when he brings that tour around to London, I think, early next year. And yeah, then that was my trip in Edinburgh. It was fantastic. And the only other one thing I guess that I forgot to mention about Edinburgh, because it's ended now by the time this podcast has gone out, is that there was a bin strike <laughs> all the way through Edinburgh, all in Edinburgh and across loads of areas of Scotland. And essentially just no garbage people were collecting the bins from I think it was the 18th of August to the very end of it. So was there rubbish everywhere? There was rubbish beyond everywhere. The solution seemed to be get more bins because these bin people, they know what they're doing. They knew that the Fringe was going on, TV festival, there's a film festival, the tattoo was on, loads of things were going on. They knew that it would make an impact unless they got their way. And so there's so many bins, so much rubbish everywhere. But nobody told me this until two hours into my stay in Edinburgh. The whole entire time, I'm just going around going, geez, the Scottish are disgusting, aren't they? Look at the amount of rubbish everywhere. And then my mum was like, oh, no, haven't you heard? There's a bin strike. I was like... Uh, yeah, well, they so much you, sense. You Bring yeah. your own bins. And so, yeah, that was my experience in Edinburgh in the TV festival. I mean, I've 
We've got a book as well. I'm in the guide map. Look, I mean, the old the listeners can't see. Look, it's me. It's me. There I am. Oh, I'm yeah. in a, Holding I'm, your glasses, the I'm classic in, pose. I'm in a book. It's wonderful. Ah, yeah. Might be the first and only time I ever get to really talk about a trip that I've been on and that hasn't on this show. <laughs> True. I, I went to that. You just didn't see me. What, Edinburgh? Yeah. Oh, cool. Who'd you go and see? Uh, the rubbish men. I, I was interested in their cause. <laughs> So I went to see their protests because I think of the little man. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> thanks for listening. Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. Don't forget to give that follow or subscribe button a click so you don't miss out on any future episodes. And why not check out our Twitter and Discord too where we post updates, behind-the-scenes stuff and just general other news about the show. Links in the description below. Got any topics or questions you think need a proper answer or have yet to even be asked? Drop it in the comments below or send us a tweet. Until next time.